previously on All In or Knocked Out. What's your name? Dan Bilzerian. I think those are like I would I would have paid way more to see this than like a Pacquiao Mayweather fight. Like anyone that tells you that they are certain on their side is just dead wrong. Unless they like infiltrated camps of other people, etc. Like you just can't know. So he does a lot of heel his heel hooks are ridiculous. He submits me on a regular basis with his heel hooks, which is crazy because I'm a good uh, I'm a good leg lock defender. Olivier's striking combinations are not nearly the level of Jason's right now. We Okay, so when you're on the ground, I really want you to control your weapons. And if, if you see that his head is turned and you're going to strike up here, don't strike. Stop. Try to find another way around. You cannot strike the back of the head, the neck, the spine, or the kidney area, you know, when you're on the ground. This is a good friend, you know, and we've been at this for a long time, so I'm really fucking gross. <laughs> This is All In or Knocked Out. In this series, you'll hear the story of two elite professional poker players stepping into a mixed martial arts cage for the very first time. With only the bare basics in MMA training and experience, they've agreed to fight one another for a quarter million dollars. We'll follow their journey as they face their fears and dedicate everything to the fight. Here's your host. Terrence Chan. Part 5. Everyone gets their 15 minutes of pain. Referee for tonight, Mr. Joe Slick. <laughs> Both fighters come to the center right here. Right here. All right, we'll do all the rules in back. Obey my commands at all times. Defend yourselves at all times. Fight clean. Fight fair. If you want to touch him up, touch him up now. The fighters meet at center ring to shake hands. The difference in size is startling to the onlookers. Olivier might outweigh JC by just 22 pounds, but the disparity in size looks even greater. JC looks lean and strong, like a good athlete. But Olivier looks like a comic book character. He's muscles piled on top of muscles. He's a specimen. There are a lot of 187-pound men in the world, but I doubt even one-tenth of one percent of them have this much muscle. Round one begins, and after the initial cheering, a hush falls over the crowd at Syndicate MMA. Olivier takes the center quickly, his hands up and his chin down. In contrast, JC circles around the outside, his arms hanging low. He throws a stomp kick in the knees, and it lands. It's the kind of kick that was featured at the end of the first Karate Kid movie, where the bully from Cobra Kai Dojo is told by his sensei to injure Daniel LaRusso. A kick like that might get you disqualified at the All-Valley Karate Tournament, but in professional MMA, it's fully legal. 
After finding success with that kick, JC throws a few more. He's switching stances, moving lightly. In the middle of the cage, meanwhile, Olivier is stalking, looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger playing the role of the Terminator. Olivier manages to back JC into a corner, and JC winds up for another kick. But as he winds up, Olivier retaliates with a classic left-right combination, which catches JC directly on the chin. It's nasty. You can hear the smack of the leather on JC's face. JC stumbles back, then he dives at Olivier's legs, trying to take the fight to the ground. In the scramble, the bigger man ends up on top. JC locks up his leg, trying to stretch him out and reverse him. This goes on for well over a minute, without much activity, and the crowd begins to grow restless. But eventually, Olivier advances position and starts raining down big punches and elbows on JC's face. But having opened up his offense, he's created an opening for the bottom man. JC launches his hips up and wraps both of his legs around Olivier's single right leg. He's threatening his best move, the heel hook. You can hear JC's supporters go crazy. Olivier stumbles around on his one free leg, trying to find his balance. JC twists and rotates his whole body. He's clinging to the leg of the bigger man, trying to find a way to tear his knee apart. It's chaos in both corners and in the ring. In Olivier's corner, head coach Tito Hartz frantically yells instructions at his fighter. Here's what that sounds like. After 30 seconds of chaos, Olivier finds an escape and winds up on top of him. He smacks his gloves into JC's ribs in his face, and that's where they end the first round. Deep breath. Now we're thinking about controlling your breathing. Come here, Malcolm. Control. You got a little spit, nothing. You did it yourself. Keep it up. Relax. Now we need you to settle down a little bit more. Round two starts with JC again bouncing around the outside, throwing kicks. Olivier looks like he's got tired arms. He's walking. He's not bouncing like a prize fighter. His hands are up, but his arms look stiff. JC continues to have his hands low like a karate fighter. His plan of attack is almost exclusively to stomp kick Olivier in the front knee over and over. He's not throwing any punches at all, only kicks. And Olivier's starting to catch on. So far, Olivier has been doing the natural reaction to someone kicking at your legs, which is to withdraw. But on one particular kick, JC is a little slow. As he winds up, Olivier plants solidly on his front foot and throws an overhand right which drops JC to the ground. JC has the opportunity to get back up, but he doesn't. He stays on his butt, inviting Olivier to get on top of him. Olivier happily obliges. He works to get around to JC's side and starts hitting him with knees to the ribcage. He's smothering his opponent. He's tired, but he continues to work. JC, meanwhile, is struggling with the mountain of muscle on top of him. He's actively trying to move, trying to isolate one of his arms or legs, 
but he just can't get the big man off of him. Halfway through the round, he seems to catch a break. JC turns his back, and Olivier lands a single punch to the back of his head. The referee, having already warned the fighters about illegal strikes back in the locker room, stands the fighters up and issues a warning to Olivier. Do it again, he says, and I'll deduct a point. Restarted again, JC begins his movement around the outside of the ring, looking again to stomp at Olivier's front knee. And once again, Olivier times a JC kick to land a left hook and a right cross. They both land clean, and JC stumbles back. JC's corner is yelling at him in Spanish, Boxeando, Boxeando, Boxing, Boxing. JC throws a jab to the body, and Olivier responds immediately with a big right hook. The hook misses, but it looks like JC doesn't want to be anywhere in punching range, despite the pleas from his corner. JC continues to circle counterclockwise, and Olivier continues to walk him down. Now, Olivier takes the initiative. He flicks out a few jabs and lands a hard leg kick of his own, his shin crashing into JC's thigh. With 30 seconds left in what's actually been a fairly close round to this point, JC attempts a takedown, lowering his level and trying to get around Olivier's legs. But Olivier reverses him easily, ragdolling him to the floor once again. His corner screams for elbows. But clearly, he needs a moment to catch his breath. With 10 seconds left, though, he postures up strongly and unleashes a big flurry of elbows to win the round. And as JC gets up to walk to his corner, you can begin to see swelling and blood forming all over his face. Round three starts very much the same as the first two. JC circling, throwing lots of fakes, but not committing to anything of significance. Olivier's walking, maybe even plotting, attempting to conserve energy for one of the haymakers that served him so well so far. A minute goes by, and neither man has thrown very much of anything. JC has only thrown one kick so far. Then he throws another. This time, Olivier instinctively catches it and uses it to bull rush JC to the ground. The two land hard in the center of the ring in a familiar position. That is, Olivier on top. JC once again is trying to shift his hips, looking for an angle where he could find a submission from the bottom. Olivier stays square with him to deny him space, and when he can, peppers him with punches and elbows. Halfway through the round, Olivier starts to step up his output. Once again, you can hear the leather smack JC's face. The extra output gives JC the opportunity to attack another triangle submission, but Olivier powers through this easily, and he keeps up his attack. Olivier might be tired, but you wouldn't know it from this output. He's fighting hard. He continues to rain down punishment, and now JC's face is a bloody mess. JC continues to throw up triangle after triangle, but Olivier isn't having it. He's mauling his opponent, and he's starting to run away with this one. Even his lighter punches are making a cracking sound off JC's face as his defense begins to falter. The mat in the cage is black, but you can see that it's now sticky and shiny with JC's blood. I look over, and there are some small children in attendance. 
they look like they're crying. As the ref calls time to end the round, both men are very slow to get up. They both need the ref's assistance even getting to their feet. But only one of them looks like he's been through the windshield of a car at 90 miles an hour, and that's JC. As JC takes his stool, the referee, the ringside physician, and even the gym manager KC are headed over to take a look at him. That's it. It's all over. And with that, the fight is over. At five minutes of the third round, Olivier Bousquet is the winner by technical knockout due to referee stoppage. Except for a few submission attempts, Olivier was dominant on the ground. Except for a few kicks to the knees, he won the stand-up game as well. JC might have had the flowier, prettier movement, but Olivier's power, pressure, and commitment to basics won the day. Hey, Ross here. We'll try and keep this one short, but we really do need your help to complete All In or Knocked Out. We really appreciate all of the donations we've received so far, and if you've been enjoying this production, please consider making a contribution by visiting allinornockedout.com. We really appreciate it. Now we would like to take a moment to acknowledge Grateful Mouse. You may remember last week that he had doubled down on his black chips and now he's extended that generosity even more. Grateful Mouse is our first purple chip donator. That's five black chips and boy, are we grateful for you, Grateful Mouse. We are honored to have such loyal listeners and we will continue to produce content that we hope you love. Thanks. Now back to the show. And so six months of training ends in a brutally one-sided 15-minute beating. I visited JC's locker room after the fight. As you can imagine, the room was quiet. JC lamented Olivier's strength, his reach, all of his physical attributes. He mentions that he thinks he might have broken his foot in the fight, throwing a kick to Olivier's ribcage, but instead kicking his elbow. But mostly, there's a lot of quiet, punctuated by the occasional outburst of swearing. And then... JC vomits into a garbage can. Meanwhile, in Olivier's locker room, it was a scene that I've seen multiple times. A jubilant, upbeat team surrounding an exhausted fighter who's still feeling the adrenaline dump of a successful debut fight. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had like, I guess about 15, 20 minutes. Um, so I'm definitely a lot more calm. My adrenaline's come down. I took a quick shower. Um, you know, I'm, in, a, in a way, it went kind of how I expected it to be, in the sense that I think my weight, my strength, my athleticism played a really key role in kind of turning some moments where my connected punches kind of did more damage than otherwise. I was able to just kind of power him to the ground and end up on top. And then once I was in that situation, um, I think my, my weight and my experience on top through a training kind of let me hold that position and then slowly work him down um 
I was super impressed with his conditioning and his toughness. Um, so I was pretty tired pretty fast, and if I had been the one on the bottom taking punishment, you know, I'm not sure I would have been able to last as long as he did. Um, yeah, like sort of, um, you know, it looked like it looked like you were, you were much more comfortable on the ground than standing. Um, yeah. But even though, even though obviously you scored like a bunch of knockdowns, like. How, give, give like a, a sense of like how tired you were, um, and when did it really start to like hit you? So, um, I would say after the first round, I was really tired. As I came up, uh, and the second round started, he seemed to be moving better than I than I felt I was moving. Um, I was kind of laboring a little bit, just trying to make sure my hands were up, and that I was on the balls of my feet. Um, I. Uh, there were a number of different times when I was on top of him that I just needed to rest and yeah. chill. Um, but I could feel him uh, wear down. And as I felt him wear down and as I was uh, causing more damage, it gave me some more confidence and more energy. Um, it was almost like I was taking it from him. Did you, did you sort of like expect to get as, as tired as you got, or was it like a surprise? Well, well considering how long it lasted, yes. Yeah, if you had lasted end of three rounds, then you would have been like... Yeah, I would have been like, I would, I'll be exhausted at the end of three rounds. Um, and I think also because I was able to be on top for a long time, that was really good for me to be able to like last that long. And I feel like I could have gone a fourth round if I had to, but that was most, the most of the reason why. Because I was in control a lot. I, there were times where he had gone for certain submissions, but there were only a couple times where I really felt threatened. And even then, I didn't feel like super danger. Yeah, I guess it was like a lot of people asked me about like the heel hook. Well, let's get it from you. Like the, the heel hook in the first round, did you feel any danger there? Did you leg lock something in practice at all? Or? Yes, and practicing with people who... Um, no offense to JC, I think, but who are just kind of more advanced than BJJ and are better at executing them. Um, I felt like, um, given the specific context of the moment, where it was such high stakes because it was the fight itself, our first fight, we were both tired, there was some blood, we were both sweaty and slippery, um, and his, you know, he's not kind of an expert in BJJ, so I felt like all of those things together made it less likely he would be able to finish it. I never felt super in danger, but I also... At the time, thought two things. One, do not panic. Um, try to feel what's happening with your leg and then adjust to it. And then two, I'm pretty tired. And yeah. hopefully he doesn't get this. <laughs> Those two things kind of simultaneously. Um, I asked, I've asked you this a couple times now. Do you, but in, in the moment, any thoughts on, on continuing like fighting? Or is this, this you're sure that this is a one-time thing? Or where, where, where's your head at with that? I don't know. I mean, I think I have to say I did not enjoy hurting him the way that I did. Seeing his face really made me feel like I cringed at it. Um, and I really didn't want to be in his position. Um, it was brutal. And the people who do it like as a career, as a life, they're special people. Um, I, the, the damage was something that I was... I mean, I knew I had to do it for the fight, but it was something that I felt... Uh, I don't know. You weren't super comfortable with it? No. I, I, felt, I felt bad about it, and uh, you know, my heart reaches out to JC because was, it, was, it was brutal to be a part of it. It's true. JC's face was a bloody mess. I've been cage-side for many, many fights in my life, including a number of very one-sided ones, and this was as brutal as any of them. Here's Olivier again. 
Are you planning, like, you're going to give him a phone call or anything like that, or you, know, you just want to let him be in peace when he looks right Right now I'm going to let him be, yeah. I think. Um, just there's a combination of physical and emotional thing that I'm sure he's experiencing. I really hope he doesn't get too down on himself, I think. Um, I was very fortunate to both have the people I trained with and to seriously to have a real size advantage. Um, he showed an enormous amount of heart and toughness, and I, I hope he was still able to take away an enormous amount of positives from this experience because I know that I, wa- I would have been regardless of how it ended up. Cool. That's awesome. Any sort of thoughts? Like last thoughts? Just... Um, I mean, not really. I mean, I've, uh, I've said a lot of how I feel. Right now, I'm just excited for it to be over, to be able to eat and sleep and celebrate without anxiety with my team and my supporters, and just super thankful to everyone who was behind me and believed in me because it really made a real difference. While I was talking to Olivier, JC was taken to a local hospital. According to the fight doctor, he had to get his nose packed to straighten out the cartilage in his nose and have multiple facial hematomas checked out. You'll remember in part three, Olivia mentioned that JC, as a foreign national, was a bit concerned about the medical expenses of fighting in the U.S. Here, in the moment, it seemed like a reasonable worry to me. The fight was brutal enough that many people asked my opinion of whether it should have been stopped earlier. The truth is that while JC took tremendous damage in the fight, I've seen many fighters take much worse. JC never gave the referee a real opportunity to stop the fight. Even while being bludgeoned by Olivier's fists and elbows, he never stopped moving. He never quit. He continued to attempt submissions from his back. I've heard the argument made that his submission attempts weren't that effective, and maybe that's true. But fights can turn on a dime. I can't count the number of fights I've watched where one guy was absolutely dominating and it looked like there was no chance in hell the other guy would recover, only to see that guy land that one big punch, kick, or submission that completely changed the fight. If it weren't for the crimson mask of blood that JC was wearing, and Syndicate's concern over potential legal liability, the referee likely would have let the fight continue. You could question JC's strategy, his lack of boxing, his willingness to stay on his back against a much bigger and stronger opponent, but you certainly can't question his heart or his toughness. This has been part 5 of All In or Knocked Out. If you'd like to see the pictures and the video from the Olivier vs. JC fight, go to allinornocktout.com slash part5. That's P-A-R-T and then the number 5. There you can check out links to images and videos of the fight, as well as a breakdown of the fight that I did just hours after it ended. And coming up in part 6, we talked to both men in the days following the fight and their plans for the future. And of course, we would love to give another special thanks to our Black Chip contributors for Episode 5. Frenchie, thank you Frenchie. John Mullaney, thank you John. Wesley Wong, thank you Wes. And David McNeil, thank you David. Thank you guys, and to everyone else who has contributed. Even the smallest donations help us continue to make All In or Knocked Out. We really appreciate it. All In or Knocked Out is written and hosted by Terrence Chan. Audio is produced by Ross Henry. Our production assistant is Robin McDonald. Music is by Murphy Chops. You can check out more of his work on SoundCloud. For more information about the series, please visit allinternocktout.com. And if you've been enjoying the series, please consider making a donation to support our creative efforts. Thanks. Thanks.